Amongst uh, the books with a friend, um, where we take the stuff that we read in books and study. Um, and awesome, the number one book, That's right. full of bunch of books. And we get together and we talk, and we get to glorify God together. And uh, we get to do this not just together, but uh, with people online, and hopefully uh, that we they, care uh, for, and we're yeah. grateful for, and we are friends with. Uh, yes, yeah, and if yeah. we say anything weird or wrong, um, you know, we expect. Uh, comments to come in and say, wait, 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 wait. So but, one, you know. one thing that's been interesting about this format that we have adopted the last few weeks. Sure. Yeah. I mean, this is the last two yeah. weeks we've recorded more than one show on a different day. Mm-hmm. So we've basically been like, Hey, we're, we're doing stuff in the studio. The, the interesting thing is we, I don't know exactly when someone will listen to this episode. If they just listen to the episodes, my hope is always, if you're watching us live, be sure to share and please invite friends to like the page. We are at, almost at 800 likes, which is way cool for us. Exciting. We have been having better averages on our live streams and we've been having more downloads. So that's a really cool thing. Um, Just to let you know, Adam, Travis, and I do have a book lit that we are working on. We're yes. in some of the final uh, stages of it. Yeah. Uh, we have a cover, rough cover design. Uh, I haven't handed it to my wife yet, but it's not going to take her any time to turn that <laughs> yeah, into something that. way cool. Oh, goodness yeah. sakes. Yes, man. It's awesome. Should I hold it up? Yeah. This Here's is the a- uh, preemptive cover of our... Uh, let me uh, make sure he can have oh, access. Yeah, there there we go. There's the preemptive cover of our <laughs> book. Uh, it is yeah. about podcasting and apologetics. And uh, so we uh, have taken to writing a booklet about it. Again, uh, co-written by uh, Adam, Travis, and myself. And yeah. it will be out sometime soon. My wife will have a great cover for it. And I am also uh, finishing up the final little bit of my book on inerrancy. Yeah. Uh, and Adam will, of course, be writing the forward for yes. it, and, uh, and then, uh, Travis yeah. will be writing the afterwards. So another project by Tag Your It Ministries, published by BNR. Yes, we publishing. are. Publishing. Yeah, we That's are. Right. Uh, BNR. Yeah, we're 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 gonna try to come up with our own publishing, and it is not in existence yet. So we're gonna have to like file fictitious names just so we can have it. But we thought. Uh, you know, people, yeah, they're like, Baptists don't uh, write enough. Baptists don't do this in the Reformed camp. Well, we are going to make BNR publishing. So, if you'd like yeah. to publish a book with BNR, let us know. Uh, yeah, because yeah, we Baptist are more than happy to. And uh, Reformed. And then also Beber and Ray Ray. That's right. right. Yeah. Well, it's, it's really <laughs> so, good. So, Tag Your It has a couple little things about it. Uh, BNR will have a couple things about it anyway. But yeah, it's really cool. But yeah, uh, because of all the uh, just the things surrounding the COVID 19 issue and stuff, we did have, uh, we were we were all going to go to Chicago area uh, yep. for a conference and with the uh, International Society of Christian Apologetics and uh, present a paper on podcasting and apologetics. Uh, you know, to me, it's like a no duh thing, but it hasn't been written on. So it's something um, that was free game for us to write on. And, uh, you know, we did that. Um, things happened. We couldn't do the conference in May or it was in March at the end of March. Uh, they did it they rescheduled for June and then uh, the five phase thing that they're doing in Illinois killed that. And so it just got, push to next so year we'll present so. it next year yeah. uh, it'll be a little behind but maybe by that time we'll have another little piece done yeah. i mean we might be able to do some more additions to it but yeah. yeah be looking for that it'll be really cool be the first time that the podcast has really published its own book so that'll be good it'll yeah. be a lot of fun and uh, we'll probably reach out to a few network members and ask them to write endorsements for it that we can put on the back so it'll look real cool yeah yeah, yeah so nice yeah, we've, we've our, got a bunch of little ideals you know that that would go on in our head behind the the scenes that we don't really talk much about on the show um i think another thing is is trying to get into articles um you know we'd like to extend yes. some invitations to some of our uh i guess now we could 
I would like to really call them Tagurit fellows. So, you know, yeah. we were doing the Kylopolis thing where you and me were kind of just uh, institute fellows or whatever, um, without going into the 501c3 or whatever. But what, you know, the, whatever we've created as tag, um, you know, stepping it up a notch and, um, making a network of people that are writing and becoming, you know, just putting a bit more stuff out there. Yeah. And um, so, so um, that's an idea. We will be reaching out to a uh, certain few individuals to see if they would be maybe the key editor on that and the, the one who edited the blog. And so mm-hmm. we would invite people to write blog articles that would be posted to the tag your it website. And uh, we do have a few backlogged blogs that we'll begin to post here before too long. Adam has them. And so uh, yeah. you'll begin to see those a little bit more, but we were going to try to get someone to serve as maybe the editor for the blog, the general editor and invite apologists to come on. And uh, even if you're not an apologist, someone who is a minister of the gospel who could write on an apologetics topic uh, would be kind of a fun little way to extend the ministry and expand it to a few of you who uh, have maybe been on the program in the past or will be on in the future. So with that yeah. said, uh, just that's kind of our housekeeping area there. Yeah. Uh, if so. you remember from two weeks ago, we did call out a certain pastor who was teaching a few things, Dr. Richard Toe. And mm-hmm. uh, Adam, give us a little uh, catch up on everything that happened there. If you yeah. Don't mind. Yeah. So, you know, I really wanted to have a conversation. Like I said, that's, there's a personal issue there um, that has led to me, well, for one, noticing um, you know, and, and having access and knowing, um, about the videos and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, it's, there is a personal issue going into that, um, why I want to call it out and, and deal with it. That doesn't have to come up in the conversation at all, but it just heightens the importance, um, of the issue. But it's still the fact that it is a pastor, you know, Richard's a pastor here in town. Um, there are people in Springfield, Missouri that go there, um, and listen and sit and, and listen. And, you know, I don't, it seemingly hasn't been caught or called out. So it becomes tradition. It becomes what they believe. Um, and then they go out and what, whatever gets poured into Richard gets poured into his people gets poured. In. If we're going to be disciples, making disciples who make disciples That's right. and so on being great commission people, which I'm sure he is, you know, again, I'm not going to sit back and, you know, call him out and say, Oh, you're not a brother or whatever. It's just, this is the nature of the case of sanctification, um, iron sharpens iron and stuff like that. So, yeah, this so is we sent him a link to what we did two weeks yeah. ago invited him to respond, ask him to defend himself. Yeah. His response has been to bury his head in the sand. Yeah. Um, so, you know, basically, um, yeah, I think you sent the four hour <laughs> link yeah. or whatever. Um, whenever I had everything spliced up and everything was available, I sent him the link to the YouTube, um, thing. And then just asked him, Hey, do you want to talk about this kind of stuff? Um, and just, you know, I don't want to be gossipy or anything, but I, you know, it's one of those things that I find it very, um, disheartening. Um, whenever, especially if he's a conflict man- management kind of guy, which is where his degree is in, you know, he doesn't want to have a conversation about this because of maybe the ungentlemanliness and having, you know, public conflict or whatever, I think is uh, the issue. And I just said, you know, we're, I, I hope that you guys have seen how, you know, and, and if, if you've seen how we're not gentlemanly in our discussion, point it out and let us know. Um, but, you know, I said, I think we can, our work um, attests that we can have disagreements and stuff and yet remain uh, gentlemanly and brotherly in some disagreements and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, the issue is, um, I was like, hey, so you, do you want to have it to do it? And, you know, he's not really responding to that. Um, and then I just said, well, do you still, I, I just, a little message since we're not getting together here. Do you still hold to the fact that you believe um, that everybody, and I'm talking about everybody across time, um, any, everybody, everybody, all meaning all here has, is given a measure of faith um, to choose Jesus as our personal savior. Whenever that language. And I said, in the language that you're using, you can only find in scripture, which is in Romans three, like we or Romans four, three. And, um, uh, Oh, wait, no, four, seven in Ephesians, and it was Romans 12, three. Um, the only, so if I'm going to hear what he says and I'm going to go to the Bible to find where that language is, if it's something literal, like literally in the Bible, um, worded that way, um, I can only find that. And that's not the faith that you choose Jesus, but it's actually the gifts, uh, that, that you're given to serve the body of Christ. And, and teaching that from a pulpit and giving somebody the impression of that whenever they're going to find out in the Bible, that's not what that means at all. And that cause, that's the stuff that causes division if it's not 
dealt with. And so there's no response. Um, so just want to tie up that loose end. You know, there, there's possibly not going to be a conversation about it. So, you know, but it's one of those things that it's still out there. Um, probably not going to, this probably isn't getting watched by Richard. So, you know, there's no need in no, saying, No, I mean, hey. I can share it with somebody, but right. blocked me. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and we've dealt with that before uh, with, um, oh, Terry, um, the yeah. evangelist. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like whenever we have disagreements, um, Christians are called to bear with one another. Um, you know, we're talking about the racism issue. Yeah. We had a great, um, and stuff like that. If you um, didn't catch our program yeah. earlier, we had a really great guest, Carlos Smith on. We talked about people who are picketing uh, or protesting, however you want to call it. Uh, and of course, people who are rioting and the correct biblical, biblical response to that. He's a pastor of the Journey Church in St. Louis. Really enjoyed the discussion. Um, obviously, issue we need to be paying attention to uh obviously we we fall on the same side as uh pastor smith um great discussion so i want to encourage you if you didn't listen to that podcast or get the live stream feel free to jump on um he did outstanding really insightful thing which kind of brings us to a few just we're going to hit a few little brief housekeeping issues um i was turned on real recently to something called the uh 1619 project 1619 yeah 1619 not 1689 (laughs) 1619th project which is a project by the new york times magazine uh essentially it's a really interesting um position um and this is a foundational issue that some of those who you see protesting are actually encapsulating. And it's this concept that the United States didn't really begin in 1776. It began in 16, or excuse me, yeah, 1619 when, uh, four, well, 401 years ago when a group of 20 slaves were brought into the United States. And essentially all of the fundamental documents that were written in the United States history, uh, all of our foundational framework for this republic should be completely disregarded because those were racist slaveholding individuals that wrote those documents. It does not... Uh, Again, except the idea that Abraham Lincoln was even someone who fought for the abolition of slavery. It does not even address things like Frederick Douglass, uh, who was extremely, uh, yeah, did I say Frederick Douglass? Uh, not Frederick Douglass. Uh, no, gosh, now I can, I can see his face, but I can't. Uh, yeah, the Fre- Frederick Douglass. Yeah, the uh, African American yes. uh, orator. Okay. Yeah, who <laughs> was who to. is yeah. extremely well spoken yeah. on the reality that uh, within the Constitution itself, it never uses the term slave. Uh, it talks about people, um, the plan of people like Washington, the plan of people like Thomas Jefferson was to abolish slavery. It was very clear. It's a revisionist history that you're going to see. We'll spend a little more time when we bring. Um, John Pabone on next week yeah. um, dealing with that uh, document with that position, but it's certainly something worth checking out because is is an ideology that many who are um, walking these protest lines actually adhere to, and you can see the framework by which they are trying to create a revolution. So uh, really important stuff. I uh, wanted to make sure I touched on that. All yeah. right. Uh, what was that next little house? Oh, the thing? Generation of Kings thing. Yeah. Generation of Kings is what I did last night. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's where I <laughs> Tell went Tell us a little night. bit yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I, I, so in the last episode, I kind of mentioned some stuff, but this is really cool, uh, something that happened here in Springfield in my neighborhood. So whenever I found out about it, um, like I saw the map and I'm like, wait a second. That's my little cut route. How uh, I would get to like neighborhood market yeah. shop and stuff like that. So it's on this like little... Uh, uh, little strip by craft or whatever it's a little tattoo shop um that they had it at anyway um but it was a bunch of people like the whole point was to dress up you know get in your suit be a gentleman um we're gonna have a conversation about this stuff going on um you know and it was a a melting pot so i think uh, the initial idea was like you know is dealing with uh maybe um you know, just like like it's just like black guys just wanting to get like deal with their wounds yeah in the aftermath of this. Um, but then it was like, no, let's, let's have, um, let, let's not put a color on it at all. Let's have a discussion and let, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll say at the very beginning, you know, the disclaimer, you know, it could get raw and we're going to have thick skin tonight and, 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 and talk and yeah. get it out. I didn't get too, too crazy. 
Um, but you know, it's, we, you always got to put your expectations out there at the beginning, but it was a really awesome, um, thing that, uh, that my pastor Greg, um, I think he, there's this uh, guy named Caleb. He goes to Hill city, um, here in town. Um, and I got some friends that go to that church. He's, he kind of was like the spearhead idea of it. Um, but you know, it was a panel, um, where we had a, like a three, three black guys, two white guys here. One of them was a green County, uh, sheriff. And then the other white guy is my pastor on the panel. And so nice. basically it was just, uh, just talk it like what's going on. Um, how are you feeling? How are you doing? How are you dealing with it? What do we need to do? Kind of like, what is justice kind of a thing? We didn't get into what is justice, but what's wrong? Mm. What do you see is wrong? Um, and it was really cool because I, you know, I went going into it. I'm going, okay, I've got, I've got my critical race theory. I, you know, understandings that I have. Okay. You know, and so I'm going to it like, um, this could get really raw and really yeah. bad, but you know, I'm going to be there. I want to see what my community is talking about. If it's an event um, that's going on, I want to be a part of it. Now it's in my neighborhood too. So I might see these people like walking, walking down around the street. because yeah. I'm, you know, cause and I'm you here to get your mail. So, hey, cool. I get to meet some people too. Um, and it was really awesome that our pastor is challenged. Like he, he's, he, he was part of this event and he said, I want to see men from my church. So he charged the men of the church to be to come, there. To be there. Um, and we had, like, there was like six of us. It was a really small building. So I'm glad that like, we didn't have like a whole church come in there, <laughs> even though that had been awesome, but we did represent a church that cares that wants to listen. Um, and we did really good listening. And there was a couple of times where they were like, um, I think, uh, one of our other elders spoke up and, and was talking and, and, and it was, it was a great, great time to listen. Um, but that's, you know, we need to find those things. Now, um, my sort of fear in this whole thing is the idea of sort of affirmative actioning our churches Yeah, to where it's like, okay, well, we're too white. So we um, need to do something to yeah, change that. So we need to do it and it becomes mm-hmm. a mechanistic. We are trying to just get the minority numbers up in our church. Yeah. And so, we're only going to be just as intentional just to make people happy. So, you, you know, you borrow a, you just from pragmatism. So that's, that's kind of what my fear, if there's any fear in this issue, that's where it lies is like, are we just going to just appease or, you know, are we going to go, are we going to be in our going and recognize where we haven't went? Um, we don't just, Oh, now we're going, well, I think uh, that yeah, there's a, yeah. there's a reality within the church. Like, First Baptist Buffalo is not going to be really ethnically diverse, right? Yeah. Uh, that's just the reality unless the cultural landscape changes. But what should the diversity look like within that church? Well, there's a lot of people of various um, demographic um, uh, demographics when it comes to finances. And so we should have both rich and poor because why? That's what yeah. our essentially our community looks like. And so I think one of the things that we have happen is uh, within SBC life is we'll transport a hip church planter into a uh, very minority, uh, racially, racial minority it, uh, uh, area. And then basically he has a bunch of white folks coming and uh, we're essentially not actually trying to reach that community and look like that community. And I do think that that needs to be an intentional yeah. effort. Like, Hey, we, these group, this group here, they don't have a church there. There's not a Christian church there. And so I think that it's an interesting, um, it is a difficult time to know where to plant churches and how to plant churches and who to plant churches with because we can see as a denomination like the majority of our churches are in south rural areas right and so and big cities and those big cities are generally a majority of white churches well gosh uh that does not look like the cultural landscape we want to um we want to look at the demographical landscape when it comes to race and we want to have the church look like that and i don't think there's anything wrong with that yeah. but again we can't force all these yeah, different races to come yeah, so, so, and so that's a, a really uh, a different uh, an interesting yeah and then there's so that means i mean there's a line to walk you don't you know you you need to repent of you know where you have noticed yourself avoiding yeah so if you have avoided repent and that's right. Cause like in your going, you have done it, but it's like, also if you are already going and they're just, like, the ethnic thing is not coming, you know, they're, 
you know, it might not be your fault. And I think, you yeah. know, the sort of ideas can turn into programs that end up shaming things. Oh, yeah. Well, and I think you know, one of the things so we that- need to make sure we don't get to that pragmatic issue of, okay, well, if I'm not seeing that racial diversity in my church, then, you know, like you, you ask yourselves, is there a problem? Is but, there you know, a reason? Whenever you make these programs, though, they start going like you do have a problem. Yeah. And then they might put this false shame on you whenever, you know, and then it puts people into a tizzy going like, oh, you know, but, you know. It, racism's there you know there are right. racists out there there are racists in our church and stuff like that but you know it's still not might not be the problem the problem might be you're in buffalo missouri and you have maybe very few minorities yeah now, is there is there a city issue maybe it's not the church issue it might be the city yeah <laughs> you agreed. know there's so there's so many variables uh, but I, if there's any fear in that you know but then again you know if you haven't on your going if you notice yourself avoiding you know, like it's one of those things. Oh, so now, because I, I see it like, so now we're going to go to black businesses, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, if you've avoided it, but you know, it's one of those things like don't force the issue either. And that's kind of like, you know, that just a little fine line, but you know, it's, but what you need to do, and uh, I think where you can be intentional without having that sort of mindset of where you're trying to make things happen, what you can do is, uh, it's not a bad making things happen is, um, you know, if you work, at a place where you can't get around people to talk. Um, you need to be intentional in getting out of your house, getting away from work and, you know, finding events where people are talking That's and, right. and, and make that, you know, I think, uh, is it like make that third space idea where you, you don't just go out to eat because you're hungry, but you find a place to eat to make a change or to hear, to listen and, um, and find, find the stories of people so you can, place the gospel into that and then you can be the feet and hands once you know where there are what their fears are where they need jesus yeah and then you can be the jesus the, the the ambassador of christ to that with hands and feet and the message together so so one other little piece here before we jump into a plethora of really fun memes yes. because of all we of the really fun things that we've got to deal with here lately. We uh, promised you memes. You're getting memes. You're going to get them. So here's the deal. Um, Adam and I have, I believe we feel pretty good about our responses to Dr. Howe and Adam Tucker. Now, we did not go into that article. Um, certainly, there's plenty of time to do plenty of things. Uh, read the article. Uh, right now, I don't have a whole lot of interest in responding to it in a written yeah. form or a verbal form. I think covered everything as well as we could. We could have worked through it line by line, but we didn't really do that. But here is basically where we're going to kind of uh, let everything rest. So we've responded. We interacted. Um, they said initially in that discussion, well, maybe we'll make this into a two-part series. Yeah. Awesome. Outstanding. We've demonstrated exegetically that the way they have handled both John 1 and Romans 1 through 3, we have demonstrated fully that it is insufficient and the arguments that they are making do not function from the text. Yeah. So, here is what I believe the final state. I don't think they're watching. That's fine. Maybe someone will share it with them. We would love to go to North Carolina. I think that's where SES is. Charlotte, right? Yeah, Charlotte. Yeah, that's North Carolina. On our dime, we will be glad to go down there and meet at a church and debate this topic with cross-examination. We'll pay. You organize it. We'll be there. We're obviously worth your time to talk to on your podcast will show up, give us a moderator, give us a proposition that is agreeable, equal times, moderated debate with cross-examination. We're more than happy to do that. Look, if you don't think we can hold our own in this, I promise you, you will run into very few people who have had the collegiate debate experience that I have and likewise has the background theologically to do that. I am a professor at a Southern Baptist Institution, I'll be more than happy to engage you. Adam is a member of the International Society of Christian Apologetics and a Missouri Baptist apologist. We have debated multiple people. You can look at all of our debates. They're quality debates. They're worth re-listening to. We will be glad to go down there. Give us the date. Give us a location. On our dime, we'll be there. 
you talked me up too much. Ah. Not that great. <laughs> <laughs> I just pre- preach the word and, so, and do. There it is. So. We don't want to do an online discussion. We want to do face-to-face, moderated, yeah, yeah. with cross-examination. But, you know, but if you want to wiggle out of that, we would at least take, <laughs> I would at least take a part two over, over technology with a yep. moderator with cross examination. Yes, yes, agreed. So, you know, if, if it's not the physical location, oh, we still need to do the same thing um, over I, video. I just think it's a good way to yeah. deal with it. But you, and you, said, um, you, you said part two, um, you said that we're straw manning you. You've given us nothing to go on with that. Um, you're just making, you're, you're saying things. Um, okay. Let us know. And that's a base. That's again, that's a good basis of getting back together and having a talk. Um, yeah. So I think we demonstrated <laughs> yeah. sufficiently that we can hold our own in that discussion. No problem. Yeah. So you guys know what our position is from our exegesis of Romans three, um, and especially verse or yeah, Romans, uh, one verses 28, which is the major uh, point between us. You, you, you've got that now let's, we can move forward in that conversation. So, um, let's do this. We want to do it. You said you wanted to do it too at one point. So we're still, we're still available. And by the way, if you're wondering what's on my arm, um, you can continue to pray for me. I still have a little bit of an infection in my foot. I am on a pick line for another two weeks. Then I'll get this pulled out of my arm and uh, no more antibiotics. So uh, if you're just wondering, I hope it's not being distracting. I had worn sleeves before that. So uh, yeah. Uh, you, you just got a really awesome new tattoo. That's all that is. No. <laughs> got a scar where my tattoo is, actually. Yeah. <laughs> like cut right into it. They it didn't care. A, well, you've got character, dude. You've got patina. <laughs> well, I just wanted to use a big word. So anyway, but yeah, so we promised you memes. We couldn't get to them last time. We were really chomping at the bit for memes. We're not going to yes. have, we don't have the same memes <clears throat> as we did last time, but we got more memes. So better, I, better, better memes. memes because, uh, things, again, things, uh, happen things, you know, history writes itself and things happen. And so we got some, uh, because of things, we've got some memes to go through. Um, and, uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll get there. Um, and I think, yeah, I'm just, I just had a thought and now it's gone anyway, but yeah, it is time for we got some memes. We promised you memes. Here you go. Oh man. So, um, you know, COVID still is a thing. COVID-19. Yeah. It, d- it didn't just disappear. Um, there oh wait. Are things that, you know, there are, uh, you know, there are still lockdowns. There are still phases going through. So it's still a thing, even though it seems like in a, the mainstream land, um, people forgot about it. Um, but anyway, so I just kind of use this meme as a bridge to get us to, um, from COVID into what we're going through in the mainstream now. Um, but, uh, we, we've dealt with fideism. We've been labeled, Fideists, <laughs> but uh, we're not. Um, but you know, we've dealt with fideism. Um, you know, especially in the King James only conversation that Dave had and stuff. So you know, I saw this and I was like, hey, this would be a good meme to kind of warm up on to get us from COVID to you know the all the racial tensions um, going on right now. But uh, the meme here for um, the people that can't see it, it says, make sure you test positive for faith, keep distance from doubt. And isolate from fear. Trust God through it all. So, as as it always, it preaches well. Oh yeah, right. It preaches well. It sounds good. Test positive for faith. What in the yeah. world do you mean by that? Yeah, test positive for faith. I'm going to say test positive for fideism. So just have faith. Just make sure you have faith. You don't need anything yeah. but faith. Yeah. So make Foul sure that everybody there. sees you for your faith. Have faith. Show it, and, and then how, why should you I get demonstrate? To no, the key piece. Yeah, but yeah, but here's here's the problem with this meme um, that I saw is uh, keep distance from doubt. So this is where the fideism comes in. Don't doubt. Don't be close Don't to wrestle. anything that is going to be hard for you to answer. You just run from it, and that is what gets a lot of evangelicals in a whole lot of trouble, and that's what causes a lot of college kids to leave their faith because someone pushes them on something and so rather than actually address it because they don't know how because no one's ever demonstrated it to them they run they leave that's right they distance themselves from doubt therefore they distance themselves from faith this kind of ideology and this type of preaching does nothing but destroys people's faith there is no more positive faith because you have a hard question and you run from it that's the exact 
opposite of what we're supposed to do. We have in Christ, we have all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, knowledge, and therefore we don't need to distance ourselves from doubt. It's so funny. You know, one thing that I would always do before I got into apologetics is I would say, well, I don't want to listen to that atheist because they're going to have all the good arguments, so I'm just going to run from that, not deal with it. I'm going to stick my head in the sand. But the reality is, the more you dig into your faith, the more you grow in your faith, the more you're going to see the very true reality that you don't have to run from hard questions. Yeah. You should embrace them because if you trust what Christ says, all the wisdom and treasures of knowledge are in him, then you don't have anything to doubt or anything to run from. You can embrace it completely. Yeah. And so, you know, how are cults started? Clear your mind. Run away. Don't doubt. <laughs> you know how many how many cults are started with this with this idea but you know a lot of cults are definitely fittiest as well and that you know you can't demonstrate them um and they don't want you to demonstrate them but just think about the i don't know if you've ever read through the psalms but if you've ever read through the psalms Bingo. and if they uh distant them distance themselves from doubt do you think we would have the psalms no Not even close because what they did do is they they had doubts and they work through it with faith in God and trust in his promises and his word. And, you know, again, Psalm 42, right? Psalm 41 and 42 just talks about, you know, why downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. And so, you know, you can say that's still faith on faith and stuff like that, but it was wrestling with doubt. It wasn't distancing from doubt. The person wasn't asking to be a rid of doubt. They were... They were going, I'm going to have faith in God. Soul, have faith in God through this. He will demonstrate himself and having faith in that. But that comes from the fact that they knew already um, from the works of God that they could have faith in God and that they can trust God because whatever God says comes true, is true, and will be true. And so we don't distance ourselves from doubt. What we can do is embrace it because we are finite creatures and we are also still in the flesh. We still have that, um, as uh, Cornelius Van Til says, the incubus of the flesh in us. So we are going to have times where we doubt. We're going to have times um, that we are going to be put in a position, but we have to go, what has God done to us and done for us already? Take that into doubt and then move forward and, and, and then bust through that doubt because we know that in Christ, we are given all things for godliness and to live a life for him. And so, um, you know, so this, again, if we are going, if we, if we, if we keep our distance from doubt, we're going to end up suppressing the truth and we're going to have this Christianese form of atheism and we're going to suppress the truth and unrighteousness. And then we're going to leave if we don't embrace those doubts. Sorry, yes, I got kicked off the internet. Somehow, oh, you got kicked so. off the internet. Um, so I don't know. I was uh, just doing a little bit of fumble in there. <laughs> it happens. We'll see what happens here if I turn back on. And, yeah. Uh, and then maybe I can reconnect. That does happen every once in a while. I don't know why yeah. my computer has been kicking itself off the internet lately. I, there we are. Hey, we're back. I'm back. You're back. Yes. That's great. We're back on your screen. Thank you anyway. very much. I'm yeah. so glad. And then uh, to continue on this good meme, just the end of it, just think about it. Whenever you're told to trust God through it all, yet you're told to isolate from fear. That sounds like tautology. That sounds like a contradiction. What are we supposed to do? It's telling us to trust God through it all. So we're, but we're sort of isolate from fear. So we're not supposed to fear God yet. We're supposed to trust God. But what if you have doubt about God? How can you trust him? If you're supposed to isolate yourself and run from doubt, how do you do that? Yeah. This is the thing that gets me about these silly little colloquial pieces, right? No one has tested this for any type of consistency regarding the accuracy of this statement. And then what happens is someone mindlessly clicks share and they get a bunch of people, oh, that's right, I need to keep distance from doubt. Oh, so any hard question that someone asks you about the faith, you run from. Well, how about all the times where David said in the Psalms, where are you, God? Or how about in Job, I look to the left and you're not there. I look to the right and you're not there, right? Like there is a reality of people of faith having very serious issues with doubt. And what are they called to do? Not to run from doubt, but to dig deeper into that question. Ask the question, why? You get nothing but a pure, low-level, fideistic faith that gets you nowhere. Just have faith. Yeah. 
That's not how it works. Yeah. That's, this that's is what, whenever we get into, again, like I've already talked about, how we speak in universal so much. We speak in memes. This is like, why? <laughs> because it doesn't get into how how God works into the particulars and, and that there is clarity and sufficiency in those particulars whenever we're getting that. But, you know, again, how if you isolate from fear, you isolate from God because yeah. you're to fear him. So I understand that I might be equivocating here a little bit um, just about the, the fear factor, but we are still to fear God. We are to fear him because he can destroy the soul in hell. And so we, we have to have the fear of God. And so we can't isolate from fear. And since this meme doesn't make clear um, what the fear is, it's preying on, hopefully you have a definition of it. And the definition might be the same as the person who made the meme, even though the meme (laughs) may have not been made with the most meaningful and carefulness um, anyway. But uh, you know, whenever you see stuff like this, again, this, this is like a preach well type ideas, you know, it might work in Joel Olstein's church, but you know, don't, don't be Joel Olstein and just, <laughs> and have memes as your message like this, um, without carefully thought out things. So think before you before you make memes, think and, and think before you share memes. And this is the kind of stuff that, you know, um, needs to go away because this will lead to pure fideism. I'll oh, go for Habakkuk it. Too. Habakkuk Why am I like looking it up here? Because I can just grab it here. Yeah. The internet's awesome. The internet is faster than a lot of people's thumbs and fingers, even though you use your thumbs and fingers. How about it too? Uh, read it from the KJV. How about that? <laughs> Back in two. Did I get it wrong? Searching. Uh, Searching. Well, there you go. I don't know why I'm struggling with it. Maybe it's three. Um, Search the scriptures, Dave. Search the scriptures. Yeah, I'm not going to worry about <laughs> okay. it. Sorry about that. But anyway, yeah. It was, so. was just a... Gosh, that, I I can't remember. That's going to bug him the it's rest gonna of the It's going to bug evening. me, but I'm going to let it go. All yeah, right, let there, it go. There you go. It's done. Yes. We we have destroyed this meme anyway. So um, if uh, you shared it, there is forgiveness. It's okay. We're not, we're, we're not trying to be mean or anything like that, but we just wanted to definitely okay. show something like this um, needs to be thought about. And then like, it's cute. It deals with the, you know, the whole testing positive during COVID-19 it does talk about distancing and isolation, which were things, but don't just do things because they're cute. That's right. <laughs> do things if they're cute and they're true, uh, make sure they're true first. And if they're cute, then that's awesome. That's a, that's a, a secondary plus that you get from there. So let's move on now that we are not talking about COVID a whole lot, but let's get into the most recent things here. We've got this, um, unfortunately, this is an in-house thing that's been flying around too. So it's uh, maybe something from the outside that is. Yeah, been said this one is then, crazy. Yeah. I mean, it bugs the crud out of me. Okay, so uh, I guess I can say what it says there because it basically says Christians on abortion has all these folks that are picketing, right? Oh, look at all these things that Christians are doing about abortion, and then it says Christians on racism. And if you zoom in on it, it says preach the gospel. Let's see here. I can move this around. Here is the problem. It is insinuating the idea that, first of all, Christians are only concerned about abortion, right? They're only concerned about abortion. They don't say anything about racism. Completely false. We just spent an hour talking to a Christian who was talking about racism, who actually had said, you know what? 75% of the people in my church are actually white. And guess what? We talk about racism frequently. We talk about justice frequently. I mean, he was out protesting. Uh, Look at all of the Christians who have actually said something about this. When Christians share this stuff, it's lying. It is exceptionally offensive. Those Christians who had put this up there are lying about other believers. This is crazy. Christians are the reason that we don't have slavery in this country anymore. You don't know your history. I'm sorry. This is stupid, and it's sick. I guess Martin Luther King Jr. wasn't a Christian. Hmm. There you go. That's right. 
How about the very fact that when we talked to Carlos Smith, he said after Ferguson, there was this long catalog of clergy members who were ready to do something. In fact, clergy members were organizing the protest. This is asinine and ignorant, and it makes me very yeah. mad that a Christian would put this up there. Pull it down. If you're a Christian, it's lying. Yeah, and the one thing is that we talked about in the in that podcast is um, stop doing the same thing that the world is doing. Stop broad brushing everything. You know that there are, there, guess what? Some churches probably don't deal with the racist issue and it need to, and it does need to change. And that's what we're talking about. It had this situation has brought it to light. That think about are there congregations where whose pastors don't talk about race? They'll but talk about the everything. Problem else, but is, the problem here is though, is just like everybody else, we're generalizing. We're rushing to go, hey, Christians, you're not doing something. How about finding the ones that aren't and going, listen, brother, you're not and lifting them up, but don't so paint everybody who, the who's same. A, whose idea was Racial Reconciliation Sunday? Oh, Southern Baptist yeah. Christians. How about MLK 50? Was that a bunch of Christians who put that on? I mean, seriously, guys. This is nothing but divisive and problematic. Yeah. Yet, and here's the other thing, and I've seen this, I'm sorry, but it just works me up. We talked to an African-American pastor, and he said, oh my gosh, yes, I am angry about abortion. It needs to stop. African-Americans are the number one people that are abor aborted. It has to stop. It's one in the same. So those people who are actually trying to stop abortion are actually stopping racism at the same time. Mm -hmm. so and this, this yeah, stupid yeah. broad brush categorizing is ignorant. Yeah, and so it's like trying to just join the issue on particulars without the universals. And again, whenever you, again, like you said, whenever you preach on abortion, you preach on racism. Exactly. When it, so again, if you have the mindset, and this is like, and this is what comes with, um, especially the presuppositional method is how things are multifaceted, how you can't, you can't look at the facet without looking at the whole, or maybe the three facets around that one facet, everything plays together. And we need to stop arbitrarily drawing lines and talking about one thing, because this is the kind of stuff that comes up. And then we generalize broad brush, create divisions. And, and, and that's yeah. the thing. Again, this is obviously created by someone who hasn't been to a black lives matter protest. Because, again, according to Carlos, who was in St. Louis, a whole bunch of people were there that were Christians. They've set aside politics for justice, and all this does is create a dichotomy. And again, I saw this shared on a Christian group. Shame on you. Yeah. So, yeah. So, let's, uh, let's stop doing this, because like, this is us being like the world, and let's sit back, be slow, and think, hear the stories, um, and let's not um, attack each other from within, because again, we will fall if we do. Um, but this is just a broad brush lie that needs to stop. So, um, yeah, so let's continue on in our meme theology time. And let me make sure that I do this right. All right, so the other big trend especially um it's a would it would be viewed from the outside as a in-house debate but this is not an in-house debate this is definitely um the carnal versus the sacred anyway on how we actually interpret scripture um but uh this came up on, on my yeah. timeline as well and i had conversation about it anyway but uh the whole um jesus flipping tables dude this issue. just drove me wild okay so after after Boom. everybody started uh lighting fire to businesses and all that kind of That's stuff exactly there was a lot right. of people and i'm gonna say you know i i don't want like bring you have to bring politics into it because there is a uh there is the whole idea of identity politics um, yes. And it's playing out, and this is the kind of stuff that happens whenever it plays out. And so, from more of the liberal side of the issue, all kinds trying, of because they're you've got to try to claim Jesus for something to get Christians to do something right. And so they take Jesus and they go, "Hey, he flips tables, so I guess I can flip tables too." And it's like, no, 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 no. Drove no. me wild it when takes, I saw it. Especially it takes a lot more work. Especially because I saw 
this as I was preparing to preach from John chapter 2, verses 12 to 22, where Jesus cleanses the temple for the first time. All you're doing is eisegeting text in an incredibly terrible way. You completely remove the story from its backgrounds. You completely remove the meaning. The whole reason that Jesus flipped over tables was because he was saying, I am God. I am here with you. You are all wrong in this system that you have created. In fact, you miss the whole thing if you miss the last part when he basically says, and I'm kind of paraphrasing, destroy this temple and I'll build it up in three days. Jesus was saying, the more holy thing is right here. And I just corrected you and you missed it. He was not saying riot, loot, and destroy things. He was God and could correct and did correct, and then also pointed to the reality that God incarnate, God with us, Emmanuel, was there. Yeah. And so this kind of stuff does nothing but demonstrate a low-level pop Christianity that is offensive to the gospel. Yeah. Because you took a story that was about Jesus and you made it about you. Yeah, but unfortunately, this comes from a worldview, or at least a view of Scripture, that says Jesus actually broke the law for love kind of a thing. That'd be a a verdict. Um, sound bite, and then uh, they also, oh, oh yeah, and they also say that Jesus uh, re, like it's like they at, they say that Jesus rewrote the Old Testament laws in a way, even though no, no, they got it wrong, and Jesus was going back. He wasn't progressing something forward and changing it evolutionarily. He was going, no, you guys messed it up. That's I'm it. going to tell you, I'm going to retell you the old law that you know and have have had. And how you've messed it up. So the backgrounds are so essential to this. It's the Passover. The first thing that John says in verse 13 is that it's the Passover of the Jews. That is a key indicator. John references the Passover of the Jews four times. Was it really the Passover of the Jews? No, it was the Passover of Yahweh. He is showing right there that the Jews have made this into a whole other thing. They've created a system of their own. And Jesus enters into the Gentile court, and it's in the Gentile court where there is a selling of oxen, sheep, and doves. Now, this was a complete abuse of the Levite system, which was the Gentiles were to bring their own offerings. But what would happen is the Levites would reject the offering that they brought, so they quit trying to bring their own offerings, and they'd just go there and buy them so that they could make a sacrifice. So, and I love how one commentator puts it, the sound of joyful singing and praise in the outer court of the temple was replaced by the sound of animals calling. The smell of incense was replaced by the smell of animal feces. And the spirit of the Lord was replaced by the spirit of greed. Jesus saw those things, corrected that. It's God's glory that he was correcting, not anything about a type of social uh, system that he was trying to replace. He was he was getting God's glory. It had been replaced, and he was trying to get it back. Yeah. But the, here's the other thing is, like, so we're flipping tables. So he can flip tables. We can do it. So I can go to Target or whatever shop and light it on fire, steal its contents or whatever, right? That's, no, no. Guess what? That was his house. He owned it. He was... Father, Son, Spirit, right? for and so his your hand. house will consume me. Exactly. And so it was his. It's his property. And so I say, these guys were squatters, <laughs> and they were claiming it for themselves, and Jesus was kicking out, kicking it out from his own house, so that you can't even use that to go, I can burn places and steal their contents and, 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 and protest. No, Jesus wasn't protesting the same way or if you go to the very serious prophecy about this in malachi chapter 3 where the prophet malachi actually predicts this is going to happen he says behold i sent my messenger and he will prepare the way before me and the lord whom you seek will suddenly come into his temple and the messenger of the covenant in whom you you delight behold he is coming says the lord of hosts but who can endure his the day of his coming and who can stand when he appears for he is like a refiner's fire a fuller's soap Jesus went into the temple after the messenger, John. Again, key piece there on the language. The messenger who goes before him being John. He goes into his temple. Who can stand before him? 
Jesus was correcting the system that was polluted and corrupt that was very seriously an offense to God. He was not starting a riot. For him to not act would be sinful. So there you go. Yeah. Um. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I guess uh, we got... Uh yeah, I was just trying to comment there on that. Oh, anyway, yeah, no problem. So, but yeah, and then uh, there's the, uh, another meme that we saw. That's like, uh, Jesus yeah, flipped golly. the tables only once in 33 years. My uh, my instincts tell me to flip them um, or, yeah, every day. And so it's just like, okay, yeah, so I don't I, It's It's really weird what it's saying there, but it's like the whole my instincts. I'm like, that's the issue. And that was the issue of the people that Jesus flipped the tables yeah. was their instincts were wrong. You can't like make so. yourself Jesus in this. Just because Jesus did this, Jesus is God incarnate, Emmanuel, God with us. He has the right to correct people in their falsehood and actually in the oppression of the Gentiles that was going on. That is a different type of oppression that is occurring. Is the oppression that occurs due to racism wrong? Yes, but does it give a human being the right to destroy Target? No. Notice also, and this is a key piece, Jesus doesn't actually physically hurt anybody, by the way. He flips over the tables of the money changers. And just to let you know, they flip them right back up and over. Yeah. Right? He has to do it twice. Once at the beginning of his ministry, once at the end of his ministry. They missed out on who he was. Yeah, yeah. And I just, uh, for the uh, online audience here, um, like I'm thinking it's verdict that said Jesus broke the law for love. Um, I could be wrong about that. If I'm wrong, it's not verdict, but it is. Um, I know it's a, uh, a very influential preacher that has been out there that has been said by somebody from a pulpit. So yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, just I haven't to, listened just to a lot of Furyk. See, but I think uh, I've just seen him in the, in the elephant yeah. room. So that's all I wanted to, <laughs> I just want to clarify uh, that anyway. So yeah, but it's one of those things we need. Again, this is a, this, this is what we would call a pulpit crime. We're going to have oh. time for one, one more. Are we going to have one time more. for one more? We can, I don't know what time is it. Five, uh, I think we probably we, are going to need to cut off yeah. and get ready for the so next anyway, show. We gave you so, memes and uh, we went really, really long on that, but uh, we'll continue good, to uh, find I did the not even know how quickly most, that was going. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll find the most quality, non-quality memes and uh, deal with them. But, you know, it's one of those things we're not just out here to attack. It's just stuff that I see, stuff David sees um, that are going around news feeds and we just want to correct and because we need to think before we meme and we're trying to create a culture of... If we're going to meme these kind of things, let's meme in truth. Let's meme in spirit and in truth and uh, and do it all to the glory of God on his terms. So anyway, with that said, this is the Tag Your It podcast. I'm Ray Ray. And I'm Dave. And Soli. Deo. Gloria. Gloria.